Have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? This is something that, first of all, I want to say I have dealt with in my life, and I'm going to share the perspective shift that helped me get past it. But also, it's come up in our groups in a couple different ways in the last you know couple of weeks or so. It came up on a life exam and call the other day, and I think uh, one of Angie's clients was asking something similar about it. So I figured, hey, let's bring it up. I, I want to share with you what I've learned along the way about imposter syndrome. And, and, and what this means is imposter syndrome is simply feeling like a fraud. So if you have imposter syndrome, it means that you probably have this pile of objective evidence that you kick ass at something. But on the inside, you feel like a failure or not, or maybe not even a failure, but not a success. You're not able to enjoy the success you have objectively achieved because you feel like a fraud and you're unable to ever enjoy the success you've achieved because you just don't see it. It's like you have a blind spot to the evidence that you kick ass at something, you know, and, and how, you know, how can that be? You know, I'll give, I'll give my example. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. I've, I've helped, I've been helping people with their fitness for 15 years and I, I have a massive stack of, you name it. I have a massive stack of before and after pictures of clients. I have emails, text messages, screenshots of not only people saying, hey, you've helped me with my fitness, but like you've had this positive impact on me. I've had clients hang around and and remain clients for 10 plus years. Our referral rate for our business is off the charts. Like when, when we hire outside consultants to come and say, hey, what can we do better with our business? And they look at how we're driven by referrals. They're like, honestly, I don't know what to do with you. This is such a unicorn. This is an anomaly. We don't see this normally. <laughs> and so like that's pretty good evidence that we're doing something positive in the world and that we're helping people, right? But at the same time, if I'm being honest with you, I still feel like a beginner in this field. I feel like there is an infinite amount more I can learn and I can do because realistically, you have to learn by doing. And I just feel like, dude, I'm going to die before I do all the shit I want to do. Like or learn all the stuff I want to learn. I, that's the case. And, and maybe you feel this way too. Maybe you felt this before at, at your job or something in life where it's like, dude, you are good at it. And, you know, it feels easy to you. It feels natural to you. But also, you know, you're aware of how much more other people in your field might know than you. This is the ironic part about becoming an expert in something. The irony is that you become aware, more aware of what you don't know. See, a beginner, this is the whole Dunning-Kruger curve. A beginner doesn't even know what they don't know. They think the world is so small, they just have to learn three or four quick hacks and tips and tricks and they'll be an expert. They just don't even know the vast array of the depth of knowledge that's available in a given field. But if you, as an expert in your field, you become, you know, as you learn more, you become more aware of how much more there is to know. So you're aware of what you don't know. And on the flip side of that, because you have mastered and embodied your field as well, you become unaware of what you actually do know. Like you're able to execute on your job and it's second nature to you. It's super easy. And so you lose sight of how much you've learned, how much you've grown, how much you have mastered because it just feels easy. You're unaware so you, you become aware of what you don't know and you become unaware of what you do know because it's just second nature to you. And so I want you to think about that. That is the irony of being an expert. And, and so here's, here's, you know, I felt imposter syndrome for, for that very reason, right? As I just mentioned, Hey dude, I, I've, I've got a stack of compelling evidence that anybody would say, Hey dude, you're, you're pretty good at what you do. And I'm sitting here feeling like, man, there's so much more I can learn, you know, and that used to make me feel like a fraud. 
that that used to make me shake and be like, oh man, is somebody going to find out that I don't know everything? But here is why I don't really deal with imposter syndrome anymore. It's not that I think I know everything, but I've just shifted my focus. I went from an external focus to an internal focus. And here's what I mean. When I say focus, I mean, where is my success calibrated? How do I view success? Because if you are viewing, if you are in imposter syndrome, if you are feeling that way, if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, it means that you are comparing yourself to someone or something else. It is an external standard. It is an external calibration of success. You're basing your success on being as good as this person over here. And guess what? You'll never be them. (laughs) You can only ever be you. And so as long as in your head, you're like, well, I'll be successful when I'm just like them. Well, guess what? You're doomed for failure every single time. You will always feel like an imposter because you will never be them. So as long as your success is rooted in something that is well outside of you, you're doomed. You're always, you're always going to feel like an imposter. And this is the shift that I made. This is where I used to be. You know, I used to, I used to look at the work that other trainers and other coaches did. I used to look at, man, what do their clients look like? Oh man, they're working with all these pro athletes and, and whatever. And their clients are all, you know, fucking jacked on bodybuilding stages. I looked at, oh man, they're speaking at this event. They're so, you know, that's so much clout. Oh, their facility is so cool. And I would try to like look at how they spoke and imitate that. I would look at how strong they were and what athletic endeavors they were doing and they were excelling at. And I would think, yeah, man, they're successful. So I have to do what they're doing too if I want to be successful. It's a a natural thing for a young person to think. If I want to be successful, it's going to look like their success. But guess what? I I felt like a fraud. I felt like a fraud. I could never allow myself to believe I was good enough because my success didn't look like their success. Despite this mountain of evidence, despite our gyms being successful, despite clients loving us and hanging out forever and referring to friends, I couldn't allow myself to believe I was successful because my path And my success looked different than somebody else's. And so how did I make peace with this? How did I get out of that funk? I turned my focus inward. I realized that every person is on their own journey. Everyone's life and successes and failures are all going to look different. And so I recalibrated my success compass. I recalibrated what success meant to me. Success meant I was going to have my own brand, so to speak. I was just going to be myself. I was going to walk my walk, not walk the walk. I was going to walk my walk. And success was based on how much I learned and how much I grew. And so what I mean by that is success didn't become about reciting, you know, what I read in a book. It wasn't about becoming a carbon copy of somebody who already was successful. It was about embodying the journey that I was on. You know, I, I had plenty of book knowledge at this time. But there's a difference between having knowledge and embodying knowledge. I had I had plenty of book knowledge. I went to all the seminars. I read all the damn textbooks. I read them on weekends. That's what I did. I was a fucking nerd. But you know what? So did a lot of trainers. A lot of trainers had the same knowledge as me. And what I was beginning to see was there was a gap. There was a gap between knowledge and embodiment. A lot of people can recite to you what's in a sports exercise, you know, textbook but they can't tell you what it's like to actually do the thing. They can't tell you all the lessons learned through application, through trying and failing in real world doing the thing. And what I began to see is like, man, there's a pretty big gap there. Like, hey, that guy's got all the answers, allegedly. Seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yet, I don't know. There's something missing. I don't really believe his bullshit knowledge because he hasn't walked. He hasn't done it. He hasn't applied the knowledge. He doesn't embody it. 
And what I realized is that the guys and girls who were most credible were the ones who spoke about topics where they had both knowledge and practical experience, you know? So they, they took the knowledge from the textbook, they applied it, and then they shared it. They shared the lessons learned, you know? And this went beyond like, oh, just giving a simple book report of what's in the text message. No, this was true embodiment. One of the best coaches I know, Mike Perry. See, at the time, let me tell you something. About 10 years ago, 15 years ago, coaching MMA fighters was all the rage. There's a book that came out about it. And so all these coaches started talking about how they knew how to condition MMA fighters because they read this book by, uh, it's actually a really good book. I read it too by a guy named Joel Jameson. Yeah, I would never say that I had any knowledge of that. You know what Mike did? Because in, 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 I think some some fighters, kickboxers and stuff came to him by default. Like just by accident, they referred to him because like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. But he's like, oh shit, I don't know anything about fighting. So you know what he did? He started training jujitsu. <laughs> he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to read up. You know, I, I have a pretty good understanding of what this sport entails. And I'm going to talk to my athletes. But also, I'm just going to go do it for myself and see what it feels like and and begin to really embody it. And guess what? His credibility continued to grow and grow until he's coaching multiple professional fighters now. Like, that's pretty cool. That's what embodiment is all about. And that is the difference between knowing something and embodying it. He didn't just want to know what energy systems were involved or what kind of explosive strength drills you could do for an MMA fighter. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to go do the thing and see what it feels like so I can put the two together. I can put the book knowledge together and put the application together and see how it truly works. And that, my friends, is a really cool move. And that's how you embody shit. But long story short, how did I get over imposter syndrome? I just changed my expectation of success. See, Playing someone else's game is a no-win proposition. That's that's all imposter syndrome is, is you're like, oh, I'm trying to fit my life into someone else's mold. That's what it is. It's playing someone else's game. It's a skewed external model of success. You're like, success is going to be found outside of me. Success is going to be found in achievement. That's what it is. Achieving what you know you think you should achieve or what someone else has achieved. But instead, I recalibrated. And I was like, okay, cool. Instead, I'm going to base my success on how much of my potential I can get out of me. Because that's when I was really feeling the crunch. I'm like, man, trying to imitate people feels like I'm actually using my gifts and talents less and less. So I, I began to like base my success on, okay, how much am I developing and using and sharing the unique gifts that have been given to me? That's what mattered to me. This is what still matters to me. This is still what I base my success on. And when I feel stuck, it's because I feel like I am not doing enough of, I am not sharing enough of what I've been given. That's, that's the truth. But that's how I got over imposter syndrome. I say, hey, dude, this isn't about external achievements or, or fitting someone else's model of success. This is about looking at my own potential and seeing and, and making a game of <laughs> how can I move further along the path? Because you'll never reach your full potential, right? But how can I continue to live my life in such a way that I'm pulling pulling more and more and more out of myself? That's how I define success, and that's how I got over imposter syndrome. And so, you know, a lot of times people talk about like, oh, you know, they confuse imposter syndrome with being nervous. Like if you get nervous before you go on stage or you get nervous before you lead a presentation or whatever, like, oh, is that imposter syndrome? Like, no, I still, I don't have imposter syndrome, okay? I still get nervous when I present for sure, dude. But it's not it's not because I feel like a fraud. It's because I'm a human and I want to be liked and I want people to like my work and sharing my work is vulnerable and it opens me up for criticism. Like, yeah, 
I'm, I'm human. Of course I get nervous for that. But at the end of the day, because my success is defined as, hey, man, are you developing, using, and sharing your gifts? I get up and I go and I speak to our workshops anyway. I, I post on Instagram. I hit send on this podcast because that's that's the path I'm on and that's how I've decided to determine success for myself. Here's what I know. For me, if you can make your six, if you want to overcome imposter syndrome, make your success about being a lifelong learner, doing the damn thing and actually applying what you learn in real life, not just being, you know, not just giving book reports, but actually applying the knowledge and then sharing it with others. Maybe that works for you, but I'll tell you this right now. That's how my success compass is aligned these days. Uh, I've had imposter syndrome, and this is a very simple and subtle perspective shift that helped me break through. People cannot like me, and it's not going to feel good. People cannot like my work, and it's not going to feel good. People can criticize me for what I say, for my ideas. They can call me stupid. They can say all the other fucking mean shit that they say in you know comment sections on the internet. That's fine. But what they can never do is accuse me of playing somebody else's game because I gave that shit up years ago. And I would encourage you to do the same. All right. That's that's my rant on uh, imposter syndrome. Hope you enjoyed it. Guys, head on over to the good shit.info. I'm launching, uh, launching a new um, launch a new product here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, hopefully. I got I got one little snag with a vendor. I want to make sure this thing is freaking dope because guess what? I'm going to a physical product. So I'm going to deliver workout programs, but it's going to be a physical product that gets mailed to you just because I'm a contrarian by nature. And I'm like, Hey, everybody's doing apps. Fuck apps. I'm going to do pen and paper. But that being said, go to the good shit done info. I'll be having, uh, I'll be launching the new metaphysique 2024 very, very soon. So just connect with me on socials, subscribe to Substack, just, just to stay in the loop. If you, if you, if we are connected on Instagram, you'll, you'll be in the loop on pretty much everything that happens with me. That's probably the best and most consistent way to get information. Uh, maybe I'll do an email list soon and, you know, do all the things that, you know, internet business owners are supposed to do. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm kind of enjoying not doing that shit and just keeping it simple on the old uh, Instagram. So that's what I got for you guys today. Thanks for listening. And hey, man, appreciate your time. Talk soon.